Hey, good evening, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry, and I've got another clubhouse, and this time another rivalry edition. I've got some Mets fans, and I've got some Braves fans, and boys are going to get excited. So I've got Sarah and Chris, who you've heard from before on the podcast, tell us some amazing stories about the Mets. And I've got Jackson and Ned, who just dropped a podcast uh, last week about Braves and um, the best players around for each position. So Sarah and Chris, thanks for joining us. This is great. Happy to be here. Yes, thanks for having us. You bet. Jackson, Ned, I'm happy to have you guys here too. Yeah, glad to be here as always. Very Bill, good. Bill, always a pleasure to join you on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And for you top fans, you guys can't see me because this is a podcast, but I'm wearing a very comfortable hoodie from Quick Fit. So uh, Sarah and Chris are the co-founders of Quick Fit. And I ordered some merchandise from them. And I got a really cool hat that I showed you guys in a, in a um, live today with Instagram. And I'm wearing a hoodie that is going to save my life tonight when I'm out watching a baseball game. So Sarah and Chris, thank you so much for your stuff. This is amazing. Absolutely. absolutely. Enjoy it. Oh, I will. Trust me. I'll get a picture to you and you guys can put it on your dartboard or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> that depends how this goes tonight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So we're going to start with intros um, first. And Sarah, why don't you start off? And then Chris, why don't you start? Just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're obviously we talked about the Mets, but tell me a little bit about um, your Met fandom and how it started and where it started. You could even repeat yourself from your last podcast. Sure. So I was born a Mets fan. Otherwise, I think I'd be kicked out of my house. <laughs> Every single, like, from, like, springtime all the way through fall, my grandfather had season tickets to Shea. So, thankfully, I think I was one of his favorites because I got to go to almost every single game with him when my grandmother didn't want to go and if my dad was unavailable to the point where when Shea shut down, he actually had his seats in his office. I don't know where they ended up, but if anyone can find them for me, that'd be great. But the Mets are just, they're a religion in my family. And we take it very seriously to the point where you don't talk during a Mets game. Now, was, Sarah, was it you that was telling me something about the, the uh, you, you haven't lived until you had to walk past some tunnel or something like that to get into Shea Stadium? Was that you? Yeah, you didn't like, you're not an adult if you didn't have to walk all those stairs. <laughs> awesome. That was like part of growing up. If you can make it through walking every single stair in Shea, then you can handle anything. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay, but thanks for the experience. <laughs> Chris, tell me about you. Yeah, also, you know, inherited it, like I like, I like to say. Uh, Dad, my father's a big uh, Mets fan, big Jets fan. Those are my two teams. First time I definitely remember was, you know, Piazza's home run when I was probably in elementary school at Shea Stadium. You know, that, that was a real cool experience because he was also my favorite player growing up. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just you, you don't go – once you become a fan, you don't you don't change up, in my opinion. That's not a real fan. So, you know, we go through the ups and downs, and a lot of it is downs over here in, uh, in, in Queens, uh, New York, as a, for the Met fans. But it's uh, – you know, it's, it's true fandom, and uh, you know, I always got their back. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I don't know if you know, but uh, MLB did a special – they keep rerunning it where four or five of the guys from that game that you're referring to are just sitting on a couch. I want to say it's in Jersey city. Cause it's overlooking like 
the water and then the trade center, but uh, great analysis. I think Franco was one of the guys that were on there. And I mean, they used to really, have you seen that episode? Uh, I, I did. I've not seen it. No. Okay. I'll, I'll try to find it and send it to you. It's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Every time I see that it's on, I stop and I record it. My wife's always like, you've seen this one. And I'm like, yeah, but it's awesome. <laughs> I can't help it. It's awesome. All right, Ned, uh, tell me where, uh, tell me how the, the love of the Braves started. Well, you know, the, the love of the Braves started with me when, you know, growing up as a kid uh, in the city of Atlanta and um, actually just remember um, sitting down with my dad and, and, watching the games um and at that time you know tbs was broadcast uh nationwide um on cable but i was lucky enough to get it just as channel 17 uh in atlanta and uh you know when i moved out here to you know california you know some you know 15 16 years later i was still able to get the games on tbs and uh just kind of you know kind of been a diehard fan even since i was a kid you know when you know, even during the lean years, you know, they had some good years in the early 80s and in the mid 80s, they were not so good. And then they built that empire in the 90s. So um, that, you know, that's where my fandom runs. And, and uh, anybody that you talk to me will say, yeah, I'm a baseball fan, but it really comes down to rooting for the Bravos. That's what we call them with our tomahawk chop, which hopefully <laughs> will never go away. Yeah, I was going to say, be careful, because they're trying to take care of all those things. Conversation for a different day. Well, yeah, well. The, the Atlanta baseball team, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackson, what about you? I mean, I, I am my father's son. My dad being the diehard brace friend he is. Uh, I followed in his footsteps. Um, you know, again, TBS was on as a kid, so we'd always had the Braves on. It was kind of a thing that we just watch at night. Um I'm such a diehard fan. I still have not forgiven Sam Hol- Holbrook um, from the wild card game of Braves Cardinals. It was not an infield fly. It never will be an infield fly. Uh, when you're 100 feet out in the outfield, it's not an infield fly. So still mad about that. <laughs> Good you don't hold a grudge. Eh, just that one. <laughs> Forgiveness is Jackson. I just watched that on YouTube, by the way. That was part of that worst calls that I was telling you about. That was part of that oh. worst calls. That was one of them. I mean, that that ball was hit probably 250 feet from home plate, and they called it an infield fly. So. Okay, so so now let's get into the fun. Now everybody knows everybody. Everybody's uh, everybody's happy, happy. Now let's get into the fun. We'll start with the Braves, uh, and then we'll go over to the Mets. So, um, Jackson or Ned, uh, tell me of a memory that you have of beating your rival team. Something that you just yes, you feel awesome about. Right. Jackson, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? I, I, I can start it off and I, I can lay it on pretty heavy to start off. It feels good to have, have the winning record over the Mets um, all time. I, I have the numbers pulled up here. I am the stats guy, so it is expected of me. The Braves and the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, that's up, Chris. That's all, up, Chris. All, all time, the Braves are 467 and 389 against the Mets. Uh, so they, they lead that season series by almost 100 wins. Um, I mean, the rivalry really started in 1962 when the Braves drafted Tom Seaver. And the commissioner uh, vetoed it because he played two games with his college team and then ruled that he could be signed but by everyone who wasn't the Braves. And he ended up signing with the Mets. So 
There you go. So still haven't forgiven them for that. The Braves would have won the World Series in 1969 when they got swept by the Mets in the Championship Series if they had Tom Seaver. Yep. Instead, instead we got the the, the Seaver jersey and number on our stadium. <laughs> yep. There you go. Dad, you want to add to that? Um. You know, for me, uh, there, there's a lot of memories with the Mets, but, uh, you know, I first have to mention that uh, my oldest sister, uh, who's about uh, 10 years older than I, actually married a Mets fan. So we've, we've got Mets, we've got uh, a rivalry actually in the family. And uh, I kind of kid him uh, every time I see him about uh, kind of the Braves and the Mets. And, you know, I kind of text him when the Mets aren't uh, doing so well. And he just looked at me and says, shut up in his New York New York accented voice, but, um, you know, for me, I, you know, for me, the, I think the best victory for, uh, the Braves, uh, against the Mets was the 1999, uh, national league championship series. Um, this was the series where, uh, Robin Ventura hit the grand slam walk-off single. I don't know if you remember that one, but, uh, failed to touch all four bases. They only credit him for a single, but, uh, uh, the Braves went to the World Series on the benefit of a Kenny Rogers uh, bases loaded walk. You know, as a Mets fan, I don't know how much that crushed would crush you to lose a to you know, lose a chance to go to the World Series on a walk. You know, um, so uh, that's kind of that's one of my memories. You know, another one too that actually was was mentioned already um, was the you know actually ironically enough the Braves played the Mets um, the first game after nine eleven. And, you know, the Mike, Mike Piazza game that you're talking about. And, uh, Bill, I actually remember uh, that that series. I've seen that series a couple of times. And um, I think, you know, on that particular day with with the way the sport was and the way uh, that our country was, is that um, they didn't they weren't rivals that day. They, 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 they were trying to heal a country. They, you know, they were trying to and they were trying to make you know, make that game. That's, you know, our, you know, our sport baseball, the, the um, just for have everybody forget about what happened. And uh, you know, that, you know, Mike Piazza was, was one of those players for me that, uh, you know, Bill, you had this too. He played for the Dodgers, but uh, you know, he, you know, he, he, he was a good ball player, but uh, anyway, uh, one of my other uh, biggest memories with the Mets goes back and goes back to uh, 1985 when the, this this is the year before uh, the Mets uh, won the World Series. It was a series in 1985, July 4th, 1985, when the Mets beat the Braves 16 to 13 in 19 innings, <clears throat> and um, it was a game that started with a two almost a two hour rain delay. Um, had a 45 minute rain delay in the middle of it. Um, the game went 19 innings. You know, lasted almost seven hours. Um, and just to make a long story short, the, the best part about the game was, is that, you know, at, at the end of the game, about four in the morning, uh, the grounds crew, uh, still wanted to shoot off the fireworks, uh, in downtown, uh, Atlanta after the game was over. Cause you know, this, this was a fireworks night for them. So, um, you know, and they were calling the, calling the Atlanta PD saying, Hey, what's, what's all that gunfire going off? They're like, Oh no, that's coming from the stadium, you know, from all the fireworks. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, at, four o'clock in the morning so i think there's a lot of a lot of memories at least that i have you know uh within this rivalry and uh, i'm looking forward to actually talking about it a little bit more after we uh hear the mets side of things okay Mets, your turn you want me to go first 
I mean, I can go up. I can so, see Sarah like the cartoon, like the you know, it's kind of raising up a little bit here. Let me go. No, let me go. not at all. I am so calm right now. <laughs> I'm teasing. No, basically, I mean the, that dynasty. You know, you mentioned in the '90s. I, I was really young for that, so I, I don't really remember all those games. Fortunately, I guess. Um, I I do like to point out that I always remember though in those nineties teams and it was probably maybe early two thousands as well, but you had both the Joneses and then you had rocker and like those guys it was always, I mean, it was always exciting when either rockers on the mound and then, you know, the, the two Joneses were definitely uh, something to watch as well. But I remember one of my, uh, in the 2015 season, I remember beating up not one particular game, but I know there's a couple of big series in there. We went to the World Series and Familia blew it and four four blown saves. But uh, we we did beat up on the Braves a little bit that season, and it was needed in a couple of big uh, big big crucial series. So that, that that's the first one that comes to mind for me in 2015 season. Yeah, you gotta love it. What about you, Sarah? So keep in mind, I'm also younger than Chris. That's fine. And it's, it's a very important year and a half because I'm not close to 30 yet. I just had to throw that in there. But so for those <laughs> <Poor> years, <laughs> for the 90s, I mean, that was more like, for, I think, growing up in it. It was learning the sport, understanding it, not really comprehending what the rivalries were, except for like, if you were a Mets fan, you hate the Yankees. That's kind of all you knew. So for me the best part about being the Braves was we had a true subway series because of it, like the ultimate of subway series in 2000. So thank you for, um, you know, letting this defeat you. (laughs) Then it's the fact that yet we weren't rivals on that game, but New York winning where it all took place. Mike Piazza, who's, who is New York. I mean, that that just seals the deal for any fan, especially when you are so young. And I mean, I was in third grade, I think, yeah, third grade. So as a sports fan, someone young who's also first learning what had happened on 9-11, why it was so important, you know, sports bring people together. It brought New York together. I have to tell you, I, you know, I lived through the 80, I remember the game that Ned was talking about in 1985. Um, and it was a big deal because it lasted forever. But um, growing up in the 90s, the Braves kind of had their that dynasty. But when I think of Braves, uh, Mets, I think of that 2001 game. It just, to me, and the baseball gods, no disrespect to Braves fans, but the baseball gods stepped in and let the right team win for a city that needed to be healed. Um, I kind of, I know that Mets fans aren't big Yankee fans, but I kind of wish the baseball gods would have stepped in in October again and the Yankees have it in 2001 just because the city needed something extra, right? So, but yeah, no, it's, um, there's there's a lot of historic, the last, especially the last 20, 25 years between Braves and, and Mets, there's a lot of different things. You mentioned the Jones boys, um, you know, John Rocker. John Rocker used to give himself as someone to, if John Rocker didn't talk and just played baseball, life would be good, right? <laughs> Jackson, Ned, I'm sure you could agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> comments. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when you add in guys like Robin Ventura, when you add in guys like Mike Piazza, 
um, when he had and guys like Al Leiter, right? Guys that were, I mean, it was Sunday Night Baseball was a lot of the Braves, Mets, or Red Sox, Yankees. Us on the West Coast, we never got a Sunday Night Baseball game. It didn't matter. We could be 161 and zero, and we're not getting Sunday Night Baseball because the Mets and Braves are playing. Well, there is that East Coast versus West Coast primetime issue in all sports. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Okay, so now flip side it. Flip side it. Tell me of a time that you can remember where uh, Jackson and Ned, tell me a time when the Mets knocked you guys around and tell me, tell me a time that it's stung, whether it's playoffs or a big series or something like that. Tell me, tell me a time you remember what it just kind of was like, oh, that one stung. Well, you know, I, I think I think for me, it kind of goes back to the mid 80s when 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 it was, you know, the Mets, um, you know, 86 when they won their last World Series. And uh, there's actually a three part documentary that's great on ES, on uh, ESPN plus. Um, talk about a cast of characters, man. Woo! Those guys were crazy. But anyway, I just rem- I just remember I just remember some of those. You know, it's also too, the thing me for, uh, with the Mets too is the Mets also too were on uh, cable as well with the Braves. So as a kid growing up, I got to watch a lot of the, the Mets franchise, kind of like WGN with the Cubs. You know, WOR was was on uh, was on uh, our cable as well. So I just remember in the early eighties, kind of like mid eighties, you know, right before the big Braves dynasty, you know, the Mets would beat the Braves, you know, around and they would win. You know, Jackson threw out the stats. The Braves have, you know, 100 more wins uh, all time. But, you know, back then in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, I think the Mets would beat them anywhere between, you know, 12 to 16 times a season, you know, because they played each other 19 times in a season. So um, that's probably the biggest one, you know, going back a little bit. And I think most recently, you know, I was referencing uh, the 2015 uh, season with the pitching that they had with with Syndergaard and, and, and DeGrom, you know. Um, yeah, Braves did get beat up pretty bad that season in, in 2015. Well, but let's not, not round up, though. I don't think it's like quite 100 games more that you've beaten us. I think it's a little under that, right? A little, a little less. Yeah. Yeah. A little less. All right. Let's not round 98. up to 100, right? It's, that sounds a little that's, – that's triple digits. I don't know. He is a very good debater. I love it. I love it. I love it. So – um, what, what Jackson, do you have any memories of, of ones that hurt 2015 probably for you is, is one of them. Yeah, that, that's a big one. I mean, just nowadays, every time the Braves play the Mets, I feel like it's a slog because <clears throat> even when the Mets are shorthanded, those guys, those guys can pitch every time Jacob DeGrom's on the mound. I'm like, going to have to sit here and watch seven innings of one zero baseball until somebody does something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson. But even now that's kind of all they had, you know, you know, Jacob DeGrom can't pitch every single day. So, yeah, that, that's that's true. Who like him to? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just give him an elastic arm; he'll be fine. You know, he'll be good. Well, that I is true. I we still I, try to get through it, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I feel like this season, especially there were there was a lot of really close games between the Braves and the Mets, and I feel like five or six of those contests go the other way. You know, you could have seen the Mets in the playoffs. Oh, but, the last season, I mean, you're talking about like three, four months in first place and then just. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we actually did a so and and Chris and Sarah, I'll have you on for this uh, too at some point. But 
when the season actually does start now, apparently it's April 14th, but we'll see. Um, we usually do a podcast with a group of people where we talk about um, predictions, right? And who do we think will win each each thing? And I was torn this last time saying Braves and, and Mets. And I went with the Braves thinking, you know, can the Mets sustain for, for that period of time? And, and you, most of the time, most of the season, Chris, I look like an idiot. And then you guys just hit this wall, this imaginary just wall. Yeah, yeah. definitely injuries was, was a huge thing. I mean, in the beginning of the season, the bench players were carrying it. And then eventually, I mean, you realize, why wow, they're bench players at the end of the year, you know? <laughs> but you guys got a great double play combination. And so, and you guys spent a lot of money this offseason too. So we'll see how that plays There's going to be a lot of changes this year, you know, we're bringing in a whole new group of people to run the show. A lot's going to be impacted by that. Chris, Sarah, do you guys have a memory of, of a Braves series or Braves game where it just kind of stung? I don't like to think about bad things. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, Chris is like every night when the Braves beat the Mets. Yeah, I mean, there's the first one that come to mind, just like, you know, like, like last season, just because of the outcome and, and how it turned. Like I said, you know, three, four months in first place, like, just like gritty games, the Grom's going down. They get all these injuries, and then like end up in third place. <laughs> and then the Braves going and doing the whole show. So, um, you know, I, I don't like to see that. But <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I mean, this year, it, I mean, they got to get it done because, like, I feel like a lot of things that they had problems with the Mets lineup was like getting the, the big hit. Like I know a lot of baseball is like you know home run or nothing these days, and like a hundred strikeouts, all these power hitters. But at the same time, like. They like I know for a fact at some point of the year last year they were like the lowest average of running in, with runners on scoring position. So they they do have some slap hitters now that they brought on. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can contribute to some of those singles that they need instead of always these home runs. But you know they gotta get the deal signed. <laughs> I have to tell you, being a Dodger fan, I have very bad memories of both of your teams. <laughs> because the, the Braves used to be in the National League West when apparently the commissioner's office didn't have a, uh, a map of the United States. Um, and so the Braves were in the West. Don't tell me why that made sense. And every year they would just seem to beat up the Dodgers and the Mets. Well, you guys, first of all, you stole Piazza from us. Um, I'm, st- you know, actually. Did we, though? Did we really steal him? Florida stole them from us and then you guys picked yeah. them up. But that's another one. That's another one. We got his number in our stadium too. <laughs> and you should, you should. Um, but it seemed like after 88, um, when the Dodgers beat the Mets in the playoffs to go World Series, it seemed like every time we played you guys, whether it was a big game or insignificant in May, you guys just showed up and I you guys could be in the cellar and you guys come to Dodger Stadium and take three out of four from us. And it happens every season and it tried both of your teams. When you guys come in to Dodger stadium or when we go to play you guys. Perfect. Give us the pirates. Can we just play the pirates? Like we seem to do good with them. Let's play the diamondbacks. Let's play the giants. We have fun with them. Yeah, it, It's actually funny. You mentioned that. I forgot about this last time when one of the games I went to, I, I told you uh, on the last podcast, I would think it was like a record thing. I went to like 15 games last year. Um, one of them was a, against the um against the Dodgers and 
it was the most packed the stadium was all year. They even said it like, and I was there like noticing it clearly because of all the previous games. But like fans like want to come to those games, just like Mets versus Dodgers. Like that's like a show out. Like, there's also like watch history for the old timers when it comes to the Dodgers. So there's like a little bit of emotion behind that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Um, I honestly, there's some historic rivals in, in baseball, obviously uh, Yank or uh, Yankees, Red Sox. Dodgers, Giants, but Braves, Mets, and I have to tell you, I think it's good for baseball when both of your teams are good. When you guys are slugging it out towards the end, I think it's good for baseball, right? I mean, it's good for me. I don't have to. I don't have any stake in the game, right? Chris, you're probably pacing back and forth, going, "This sucks," like on every pitch. But you know, I like it. It's good times. Well, I would like to ask you, you Braves boys over there, what what is the most hated team in the division, though? Uh, the Mets. Okay. See, I can't say I, – I, wow. I wouldn't say Atlanta. For me, it's definitely Philly and the Nationals. Are, uh, I hate them way more. I, uh, well, you, you bring up a good point over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, – but I think for you, geographically, you know, Philly, because it's so close, you know, maybe that's why. But uh, I don't know. I mean, um, I can tell you, I lived in Philly, and I went to every Mets game possible. I was getting food thrown at me because I was a Mets fan in Philly. I mean, that rivalry, it's growing, and they don't take it lightly. They hate New Yorkers. They hate everybody in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. They, they, they do. Um, they don't even like themselves, actually. Yeah, the city uh, of brotherly love. <laughs> yeah, I, I live in Lancaster County right now, and uh, talking to all choice? the Philly- Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I visited. There's <laughs> nothing there. It's great. It's beautiful out here. Um, but talking to all the Phillies fans out here, it's they always go, oh, you're a Braves fan? They go, hey, I'm not a Mets fan. They go, that's true. We hate the Mets. And I'm like, hey, we, we agree on one thing, right? That sounds, that sounds about right. Ouch. Rough crowd. Rough crowd. Well, so I'm, just glad, I'm, just, I'm just glad I don't got to deal with the Philly fans in football. That's a giant problem, not Jets problem. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, so, so as we kind of get into to closing talks here. I'm going to ask you guys two more questions, but one in particular. So Mets fans, tell me a player that you respect or have respected that at least you've seen play. I mean, Hank Aaron, right? Captain obvious, those type of things, but that you've seen play that, you know, even though they might take you, take you to school, you still have to respect the player. Who's that? I mean, for me, it's like just growing up. I had I just always go back to like Chipper Jones. Like I don't know, like he just like made such a, like impression on me growing up. Like he was, he was just like I feel like he was always getting hits and not just the home run, but he does just that too. And he was a good fielder. I think um, Andrew Jones is probably even a better fielder though. But I mean, Chipper was just. I mean, probably for some of it was his name. <laughs> I mean, Chipper is a pretty pretty cool name. But, but uh, you know, that's definitely the one that for me. What do you got? you, sir? It's like a really hard question because, like, I really don't have one. <laughs> like, I really she doesn't respect any of you. I really, like, I, <laughs> I, you know, it's not like, I mean, don't take it personally, you know, like, it's not like that. It's just for me, like, and again, like, I think being a New Yorker, and I say this about every sport, we have a lot of rivalries. Like, we don't just have like one team because also keep in mind, in New York, you have two teams minimum per sport. We hate ourselves running in other cities at this point. 
So for me to like think really deep based upon like the years of rivalry, like who I would really hate, like respect, like the investment in those people is really hard. Um, If I'm going like back in the day, right? Right. He walked away, so now I can say it. Yeah, he's right. Like, I would probably pick the same route because, like, currently, no, nah, I couldn't pick anybody. No way. Okay. Trooper no Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll just say that so everyone, like, so that we're unified. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there's ever a grandfather that ever stood out to me. The, Sorry. Um... <laughs> yeah. Do you know who Trooper Jones Opening the door for him would be really bad right now. Did, did but because I'm saying it with a smile, it shouldn't hurt as much, right? No. no. <laughs> what were you saying, Ned? Oh, Chipper Jones has a has a son. Guess guess what he named him? Shay. You want to know why? He had so much so much uh, success at Shea Stadium. Uh, I want you Mets fans to kind of ponder that a little bit. I don't see any of your player, current players, or former players naming naming their son like Turner or truest or fulton or county or something like that so just just <laughs> just think about it. So, so chris chris you're you're new a smart Yorkers, man i mean new york atlanta you know i mean <laughs> first of all you might need to check the parents at the door if they name their kid county right <laughs> well you never know sure, i'm sure there's one there's gotta be one out there i mean shay is actually a good name like there's nothing wrong with naming a kid shay we wouldn't expect you to name a kid city. Like that would be weird. Well, I, I think I think he kind of did it to despite uh, the Mets organization. I don't know. But what does that say about his own child? That like, you know, he resented the place so much he named his son. Like, I don't know if this is your best it. argument. He, he liked it so much. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, your argument is it, it's not great. I think we should retry it again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jackson, who do you respect? I, mean, I before I talk about it's going to be David Wright because David Wright always played the game the right way. But Chipper Jones' career stats against the Mets, he hit 309 oh. with a 949 OPS, 265 hits in 245 games. So See, this is why this is why I was like I was like in diapers and I still remember this guy. You know? Yeah. Like... <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. But yeah, uh, just through my my younger years and through high school, especially D- David Wright. You know that guy was he played the game right. Great all-around player. Sad that injuries kind of took him out, but he was he was kind of one of those guys. I you know it's like ah David Wright in the Mets. I can respect that. Um, Jackson, him. If you haven't, you need to listen to Chris's podcast. He has a great story about David Wright. That there's every podcast that we do, something sticks out to me. There's something that Sarah said on her podcast that I thought that's that's unique. That's pretty awesome the way. Um, and it was about the family, the familial relationship that existed through the mess she kind of alluded to it tonight but uh uh chris has got a great david wright story so you need to listen to this podcast i will um ned well i i think for me uh going old school you know going, going back to those 80 teams where the mets were 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 uh you know world champions in 86 uh keith hernandez is one guy that uh you know they got him they got him from st louis and he was kind of the missing piece uh, for them to, to, you know, to their world championship. You go back and you, you watch the, you know, that, that mini series on, on the Mets. And, uh, but it's true. I mean, he had the leadership, you know, both on and off the field, uh, 
So, you know, and I can respect that uh, with any team, any sport, any game. Um, there's also a picture of him, you know, smoking cigarettes in the dugout, but that's for a whole nother, that's for a whole nother podcast. And then I think, it was, I think yeah, it was a different time though. Yeah, I know. And then most, most recently, uh, I think Jacob deGrom, you know, every, you know, every time the guy pitches, it's like, you know, is this guy going to throw a shutout, you know? He's going to, he's going to one hit us, two hit us or whatever. So, you know, and I think for him, I think at least what I've read about uh, DeGrom is, is, you know, he's got such a, a strong work ethic and he goes out there and, you know, he's such a fighter and, and uh, you know, he just goes out there and tries to win every scene. And, that, and that's what you want. You want that type of leadership on your team. So I can respect that. Yeah. I know me, we talked last time. I mean, me and Bill about those kind of players who like, you know, they got the millions, they have the contract, but they still just want to win. They're such competitors. It's like these athletes at that level, you just like they stand out. You know what I mean? It's like you love watching them because like they just want to win. Like they don't like the money's great. I'm sure they all want it. They got agents and families, but like you see, they still love the game foremost. And like then DeGrom's definitely one of those guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, and and quite honestly, you know, as a fan last year, it was unfortunate to see him go down because I really wanted to see you know, kind of see, uh, kind of see it go down to pretty much the last, uh, uh, series of the season, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunate and, you know, but, uh, you know, if, um, you know, they can get a deal done, you know, let's hope 2022 can kind of be the same, uh, same, same way. I just, you know, the two teams fighting together and, you know, beating up on the Phillies because we both don't like <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, and we talked about that as well. Just, I feel like DeGrom being there for the second half of the season because he literally missed half it. Like, Rams, right at the All-Star break, he was done. So, like, are you like you wonder if you had him for, like, even half of that time. Like, you know, it would be like where it could have been. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – like, even just him, as much as the team is banged up, <laughs> DeGrom, I mean, this guy, his, like, his ERA is ridiculous. So. The I, I meant to ask you this, Chris, before on the last podcast, or Sarah, I – how do how do Mets fans feel about losing Syndergaard? Um, you know, my opinion, he yeah. was more of a fan favorite because of his social life. Okay. Like, he's good, but, like, it got to the point where, like, you know, okay, we get it, he's Thor. Like, but talent-wise, like, I think everyone kind of knew DeGrom's a better pitcher anyway. Like, okay. I, I feel that way. Like, losing him kind of meant nothing to me. Maybe three years prior, I would have felt differently, but as his time with the Mets progressed, it was whatever. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, actually, that you bring that up, because when it was all three of them, right, when it was Harvey, Syndergaard, and DeGrom, it was Harvey's the ace. Then it transferred to, oh, no, Syndergaard's the ace. And then it's like, no, yeah. DeGrom's the ace, and DeGrom will now stay the ace. So it's like they all kind of took a back seat to him. And I feel like a lot of Mets fans, <clears throat> because he was hurt, he was out for so long, it kind of like forgot. Like I think he came in like through like like four innings last year. You know, just it's like, like the last game of the season. <clears throat> yeah. So it's um, and they definitely did. They they liked him because of his persona, the Thor, and everything like that. You know, big stature guy. He reminds you kind of like a uh, Randy Johnson. You know, like really intimidates you. Those really tall, long hair and throwing, you know, a million miles an hour. Um, but I think a lot of Met fans were more upset that they didn't resign Wheeler. Oh. Really? Yeah. I would agree. Because he was, he came off his surgery and pitched that whole season and really looked good, especially towards the end of that season. And it looked like they didn't even, like, really give him, like, 
an offer to even look at. Like, it was just like they let him walk. And that was kind of like, because the Syndergaard is a little rough because you don't know sometimes these surgeries. But Wheeler had came back and proved it already. Right. And keep in mind, too, like, Mets fans, we tend to actually care what the players are kind of doing during the offseason, too. Right. I mean, Syndergaard, like, yeah, he was popular because of his looks. I mean, like, I'm just going to call it like it is. I mean, the guy's still relevant because he dated the girl from the podcast Caller Daddy. Like that, like that's it. Like no one really cares. His dating life and social life were more well known. But even a guy like David Wright or even now Pete Alonso, these are guys that are leaders in the locker room. These are guys that actually are making a difference. Mets fans care about that. We don't care about who you're dating. So that's, a thing. So, <laughs> that's Derek Jeter thing. Um, more A Rod. The uh, good point. Um, Noah built some serious props here in SoCal. Um, and Ned, you can back me up on this one. When he came over, he wears number 34, right? Well, the Angels kind of have a look, don't touch number 34, because that was Nick Aidenhart's number, um, who was killed after a, in a in a drug driving accident a few years ago after he pitched. Um, and it was kind of like, hey, if you want the number, so Noah asked about it. And said, hey, if the, the, my teammates don't want me to have it, I, I won't take it. And so, I mean, he gained a little bit of props here in Orange County. I'm like with you guys, though. Mm, injuries. When I think of, of Syndergaard, you know what I think of? That pitch behind Chase Utley. That was the best thing ever that he did. And they tossed him. Like, <laughs> let him, you guys knew it was coming. I mean, come on. It was that was the best pitch ever, and they tossed him for it. And I thought, well, that was a quick hook. So, anyways, anyways, good times. Okay, Jackson, Ned, wrap us up, and then uh, Sarah, Chris, wrap us up. We do this all night, and I just looked down, and I'm like, wow, we've we've been doing this quite a bit. And for those of you on the East Coast, it's late. So, um, but Ned, wrap us up with this rivalry. Well, I, I just have to say that uh, I don't think this rivalry will ever go away. Um, because I think you've got two strong franchises um, that uh, continue to try to uh, build uh, on their reputations of, you know, trying to put a winner on the field every single season. Um, I'm just, you know, Bill, back to your point about playing in the West. I'm happy the Braves are back and, you know, be where they should be in the, in the NL East and, um, you know, build, build on the rivalry for, you know, not only for, years to come but for generations to come you know because this is such a great sport and this this is what makes the sport great is that you know we can have conversations like this um peaceful conversations like this at least so far um with with, uh with with the other side and and um so i'm kind of like i said i'm looking forward to 2022 and beyond to really see you know you know let's you know to to continue to keep the the, uh nle's competitive jackson yeah i mean it's, it's like my dad said, it's great that the, the rivalry is a thing now. I mean, in recent memory, the, both teams have produced really good homegrown talent. And I think that's really helped the rivalry. It helps when the fans can watch a player grow. And, you know, they log a lot of games and perform against rival teams. Um, and I just think it, it's great. And I'm, I'm glad that the Mets have a good farm system. The Braves have a good farm system because it means that, you know, the rebuilds are a lot shorter and you get a lot closer games, you know. Because it's nice to win against your rival, but sometimes it gets really boring when you beat him like 30 times in a row, and it's not competitive. Hey, I don't mind beating the Giants 30 times in a row. I'm okay with that. Okay. Sarah, go ahead. 
I think rivalry is needed for sports. You know, one thing I remember Jackson, we all talked about like the hall of good episode, like the sport needs something to keep it going. You baseball needs to get more popular for whatever, however they can do it. Rivalries are the best way to go about it. I think you guys, we said it's true. These teams have good farm systems. It's going to keep growing. And the history and some of the games we mentioned, these are things that we're going to pass on to like the next generation. Kids are going to watch that 9-11 game. Hopefully one day sports will get taught like in high school's history. So I think it should. But that would be a great example of how to bring a city together and how to use sports to do so. So it's never going away. I love that idea because I think it's part of history, right? America's favorite past. I never thought about that, Sarah, but I think that's awesome. 1980 Olympics. End of the Cold War. There you go. 1984 Olympics in, in L.A. and traffic. <laughs> Chris, wrap us up. Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, I, I agree with just keeping this rivalry going. I mean, it's always, you know, I, I probably would not complain if, you know, we sweep them for the whole year, right, Atlanta? Because that would mean, I mean, your record's pretty good already, right, if you, if you do that. But – you know, like it, it can get boring. So you want the competitiveness. You know, I think I think the, the perfect balance is, you know, some back and forth. But, you know, you just win like 70 percent of them. And I think that's like, you know, some of those exciting games. And, you know, it's also good that, in my opinion, you know, land is not, you know, the smallest market, but it's also not the biggest market. And teams like that who don't rely strictly on the biggest payroll can, you know, still bring it. I think that's also really good for the game because, Let's be real. I think a lot of these owners sometimes don't want to spend the money because they think that they can't compete. So I I, I do think that's also needed in, in baseball as well. So, you know, you, and, and can't uh, overlook that. Awesome. awesome. I love it. Well, <clears throat> top fans, uh, once again, we've had Jackson on, who's a Braves fan, and he's he's our, uh, our stats guy. He also co-hosts the Decade Series with, with me. Um, we've had Ned on, and he's been with us from the beginning. We've had Sarah and Chris on, who are the uh, the co-founders of a company called QuickFit. I mentioned that earlier. I'm actually wearing their hoodie right now. So if you go onto their site, by all means, grab a hoodie. It's comfortable. Ooh, I love it. And so Sarah and Chris, I'm grateful that you guys came in again. Um, top fans, feel free to make any comments you want. Um, this will be up uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, make comments on our stories, make comments um, on the things that we put on social media. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what we missed. Right. But I, I think the passion between the four people that have been on tonight is awesome. And I love the idea of, of baseball being taught as history because in America, we love our games and we love rivalries and we love, there's nothing better than having a very long day at work and coming home and having some dinner and watching a baseball game. Am I wrong? Not That's at all. It. That's There's it. nothing better. Getting in some comfy clothes and just watching a baseball game, right? Um, and so, top fans, I, I hope you enjoy this one. And, again, Ed, Jackson, Chris, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. You bet.